Woo! It's about that time. Fat Mike, Chicago Sports. Yeah. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Fat Mike, sit back, relax, sugar beer, one of them nights. Monday, 8.30, the news on, let's get right. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Sit back, relax, sugar beer, one of them nights. All right, everybody, what's going on? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the new night and new time of the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I, as always, am your host, Fat Mike, and going forward, we will be live here on MixLR on Wednesday nights at 7.30 Central Standard Time, and I'm excited about that because when we get to talk all sports, all right in the smack dab of the middle of the week. I won't be interrupting your NFL schedule or during the year. We can talk about previous weeks and upcoming weeks during the football season. And that's one of the main reasons for the move from Monday nights to Wednesday nights. So I hope you guys are excited as I am for this because I'm stoked about it. I like Wednesday nights. We can talk Monday night football after it happens. We can talk Thursday night before it happens. And we can talk Sunday football before it happens as well. We get the breakdown of each and every single week which I am super pumped up for, okay? Tonight, we are going to be talking baseball with the Cubs and the Sox, keeping on, keeping on during all this COVID stuff, but we're also going to touch on some football tonight, and we have a very special guest coming out here tonight. We have ESPN Chicago 1000's very own Randy Merkin coming on here with us tonight to bullshit a little bit. He's the producer and visionary mind of our friends over at ESPN 1000's Carmen and Yurko show. You guys remember those guys. We've had both of those guys on here with us as well. Randy is the man behind the scenes, and I'm excited as hell to have him on here with us tonight. Okay. Also, he's an aficionado of crazy socks, and we will touch on that later. This guy owns more crazy socks than I even know. Like It's, it's ridiculous. I've never seen uh, more crazier socks on a human being than what I've seen on Randy Merkin. So I'm going to... We're going to dive into that a little bit. But tonight, like I said, is going to be a great show. I'll be taking questions from you guys here in the chat, and I'll try my best to get to each and every single one of them. So let's dive in here a little bit, shall we, guys? Okay? We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got we got baseball, man. Let, let's talk some baseball real quick. This morning I wake up, and the very, fir- the very first thing I see uh, on my Twitter feed this morning was people calling for Ricky Renteria's head. He, Ricky Renteria is the White Sox manager, for the guys who don't know, okay? And I, w- I was baffled by this. We're five games into the season, okay? I do not understand this, okay? I understand that, you know, we're in a shortened season with 60 games and every game matters and each loss is almost three wins and blah, 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 blah. It's still... It's five games into the season, guys. You got to hold on a little bit here. You got to calm down. Okay, if you're a Sox fan out there, take a deep breath, relax, see what happens. Giolito is going tonight. I haven't checked the scores. I've been busy working on show stuff. But um, 
I mean, you guys are gonna, you guys are definitely gonna bounce back for sure. All right, like the 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 pitching staff is a solid pitching staff. You gotta calm down, and those bats are going to bop the shit out of the ball. Okay, it's just a it's just a slow start. That's it. All right, the Sox are gonna get back on track here, and you're gonna be like, whoa, what the hell? That's my gut feeling about this team. Now, before the season even started. This is pre-COVID and stuff like that. I wrote an article and sent it out to a few of my buddies in the field here. Uh, some people at The Athletics and people at ESPN 1000 and ESPN itself. People at Sports Mockery. And I had picked the Chicago White Sox in a 162-game season. Okay, I had picked the Sox to be either A, fighting for the top seed in that division, or B, for sure making the wild card. That's how confident I am of the Chicago White Sox team. Now, that being said, I am not a Chicago White Sox fan by any stretch of the imagine. I cannot stand the fucking White Sox. I am a diehard, bleed cubby blue Cubs guy. I bleed Cubs blue. I've been a Cub fan since I've been a kid. I'm a south side guy with north side ties. That's one of my favorite sayings, okay? But I'm telling you, it's hard for me to sit there and look, sit back and look at this White Sox team and not imagine this Sox team being good. Okay? Really. I really mean that. I sit there, I look at the moves that Rick Hahn has made over the past couple of years with this baseball team, and it's like, holy shit. He's brought in some big talent. Now, for you guys that you guys don't know about baseball... My, my great friend Heidi in the chat room, she's amazing. She's the best, guys. If you guys don't follow her, follow her because she's amazing, okay? But for those of you guys who don't know baseball that much, it takes a lot. It, it, it's, you're only as strong as your weakest link, okay? And that's what, it, that's what Rick Hahn has, has done with that Chicago White Sox team. He took that Chicago White Sox team and started piecing together pieces of what they needed. They don't need a first base. You got a solid guy over there. They need a second baseman. They draft Nick Madrigal. Okay? You got a guy coming off of uh, a stellar year at shortstop in Tim Anderson. Third base is still kind of a question mark. You don't know really what's going on over there. Okay? You got a you have an all-star catcher before you even got before you even went after Grandall. You made a great trade to pick up a, a humongous bet from the Cubs where you fleeced the Cubs. You gave them Jose Quintana. And they, in return, gave you Dylan Cease, a starting pitcher, which you need, and a a, a very highly touted prospect in Eli Jimenez. Then you made some other moves. You go out and get Edwin Encarnacion, and you go out and get uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel, another starting pitcher, what you need. Badgie, what's going on, my friend? All right? it's it, All of that stuff is how you build the team. you got to find your weakest link and build up. Build it up. That's how you win in baseball. The White Sox have a solid bullpen after years of not having shit in the bullpen. Okay? And it sucked. It was not good for that White Sox team. But here we are. We're five games going into the six games into the season. Okay? We're going six games into the season. The Sox are one and four currently right now. The game is going on right now. Okay? Who knows? All I know is my gut feeling is that is that this White Sox is going to turn it around. I really, really feel like that. The White Sox are going to turn it around, 
And here soon, you're going to look back in 20 games and be like, oh, man, remember when they were 1-4 and four and we thought the season was over? All right. Now with my Cubs. I love the Cubs. The Cubs are off to a hot start. But I'm a Cubs fan. All right. I'm a diehard Cub fan, like I just said. Okay. Guess what, guys? I'm a diehard Cub fan, and I'm going to nitpick the shit out of them. Their bullpen is atrocious. Their bullpen is hot dog shit. You cannot win games. You cannot sit there and rely on their six through nine guys. They're absolutely terrible. Fucking garbage. Okay? Starting pitching has been decent for the exception of Darvish. Okay? You had a good start. You had a great start. Great start on Kyle Hendricks on opening day. Going nine innings, striking out nine, three hits, no walks. He looked he looked fantastic. Darvish goes out there the next day, shifts the bet a little bit. It's cool. You get the loss. Chatwood goes out there, looks the best I've ever seen that guy look, ever. Okay? You had... <coughs> excuse me. You had um, Alec Mills go out there yesterday and pitch a gem of a game to get the win. You know, you and you had John Lester go what four or five innings of no hit baseball and get ripped out of the game. Okay, it's ridiculous. Okay, so that but that bullpen. If you're relying on on Craig Kimbrell to close out a game, that guy hasn't proven shit as a Cub since he's been a Cub. He may go down as the worst contract next to Brandon Morrow, in my opinion, and I cannot stand that fucking guy, Brandon Morrow. Closing pitcher from the Dodgers who had the dominant season, blah, 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 whatever. Who gives a shit? That guy was terrible, and I will forever hate that signing. I will forever hate that signing. I am not a fan of that signing whatsoever. That guy, ugh, it drives me nuts. Okay, we'll dive into a little bit more baseball later on in the show, guys. Real quick for you, let's hear a quick word from our guys over at Firehouse. Firehouse Subs family of restaurant owners and local crews are proud to continue to serve you the hot, hearty, and meaty subs you crave every single day. It's never been easier to grab their subs on the go for you or your entire family. With Firehouse Subs Rapid Rescue to Go, you can order online or on the Firehouse Subs app and they'll have your subs boxed, bagged, and ready for pickup at their designated to-go areas. No crowds, no lines, no waiting, no problem. Or get Firehouse Subs delivered right to your door with your favorite delivery app. Remember, Firehouse Subs was founded by firefighters, so being there to help serve their community, it's in their DNA. Plus, you can still order a variety of cold subs, salads, and dessert catering platters for groups as small as five. And when you order in Firehouse Subs app, you'll earn points you can redeem for free food like meal upgrades and free subs. A portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards providing life-saving equipment for first responders. This year, the contributors from Firehouse Subs and their suppliers will total a minimum, a minimum of $1 million to support first responders via the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. So guys, go on in, get your Firehouse subs, be there, they're the best, and this is coming from a fat guy, so you know they're the best. So eat Firehouse subs. You guys know what that means, and you know all about those guys over at Firehouse subs, so be sure to get yourselves on in there and order it the Fat Mike way. It's Fat Mike-tastic. And a toasted, thin-sliced roast beef sandwich on garlic bread smothered in mozzarella cheese, topped with jalapenos and sriracha. It's amazing. Go on and get one. Tell me if you can handle it. It's a belly full of fire, but it's absolutely worth it. And with that comes whatever what everyone loves, 
the part of the show where I give away a Firehouse Subs gift card to the lucky winner in the chat of the Firehouse Hook and Ladder Trivia Question of the Night. The first person to answer it correctly in the chat will win the gift card, and it's on good faith. And it's on Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show and on Firehouse Subs. So, tonight's question, guys, is this. Okay, you guys ready? Because I'm ready, so let's get to it. Who is the most recent pitcher to win 300 games in Major League Baseball? That's tonight's question. Whoever who answers it first in the chat room will win the Firehouse Subs gift card, and I'm excited to give it to you guys. So, again, the question is, who is the most recent pitcher to win 300 games? Okay? That's tonight's question. So, you guys got to get on that and let me know because it's a tough question. I thought I had it right earlier when I asked it to myself. Turns out I did not have it correct. So, all right then. All right, and it looks to be that we already have a winner there. So, I'm in the chat room here. And, uh, yeah, so uh, with that, guys, we're going to hop on in. Like I said, I'm super excited to bring on our guest tonight. Coming up here in just a moment, we have a guy coming in on in here who I look up to, to be 100% honest. I see what this man has done over the years of his work, over years and years and years of me tuning in to ESPN Chicago 1000. His worth ethic is par none, and this guy is always grabbing big guest at big guest and big guest and big guest over at ESPN Chicago 1000. We've had his brother on here a few times here with us, but it's not about his brother tonight. It's his time to shine, okay? He has had a great and wonderful video series on the Twitter machine, and you guys should totally follow this guy because the stories and moments that he's been a part of are absolutely unreal, and I'm super excited to bring Randy Merkin here on with us. It's going to be a great interview as I dial him up right now. It should be a lot of fun bringing him on. And like I said... I really look up to Randy. He's a great guy. I cannot wait to chat with him. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys hear ringtone, but if you do, Hello. now you know. Randy, it's Fat Mike, my man. How are you? Yes. Good. How you doing? Good. I'm so happy to have you on tonight, man. It's uh, I Welcome to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, let's get into it, man. I know you're a diehard Sox fan. How are you feeling no, about the no, beginning? No, I'm, I'm diehard Cubs. Oh, you're diehard Cubs. Okay. You're, yes. So you yes. and your brother are constantly fighting about the Sox and Cubs, huh? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, as, so, yeah. as soon as I woke up this morning, Randy, I, that's all I was seeing uh, on Twitter was people asking for Ricky Renteria's head on the chopping block. Right. How do you feel, how do you feel about Rick Renteria here in Chicago? Uh, you know, I don't really know how to feel about him because, um, he never got a fair chance with the Cubs. He was there for one year, you know, and then Joe Madden came in and saved the day. You know, you don't know like what he would have done with the talent that Joe Madden had, uh, 2015 on. And, you know, I mean, the, the Sox have been rebuilding, so it's, it's almost impossible yet to really, uh, fill out a full report card on Ricky Renteria. Um, mm-hmm. you know, clearly, clearly he, he had, I mean, I wouldn't say right away. I'd say, boy, he's a great manager, you know, 
Um, he might be the right fit for this team. I, I almost want to give him, I, and I, I really don't want to judge him off this year because this year is just like a crazy season that really is just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants for 60 games and hopefully make the playoffs. So, um, you know, the Sox are finally a contender, we think at least. So mm-hmm. let's give him, let's give him this year, see how he handles things. And then maybe we can assess after this year. I mean, I, I don't think he's one of the top 10 managers right now in baseball. But uh, he, he could get there. I mean, he's got a ton of talent on his team now. Um, you know, and he seems to relate to, to the younger guys. So um, let's, let's give him a year or two and see how he does with actually a lot of talent for once. Because with the Cubs, you know, the year he had, it was not a talented team. Oh, uh, with God, this no. team, though, it, it's getting there. So we'll see. Yeah, no, it, it was not a talented team when he was here with the, when he was here with the Cubs. In fact, that Cub team may have been one of the worst Cub teams I've ever tried to cheer for. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> nothing's like Joe Mather as your starting third and first baseman. You know, the guy's playing right. two positions, and the guy right. shouldn't even be in the big leagues. Uh, so, you know, about the uh, kind of gearing in on the Ricky Renteria stuff, I, I feel like Ricky Renteria is a great manager for young talent, just like he was for when those guys that the Cubs had coming up in the system, like Castro. Uh-huh. And knows guys like that. I feel that he's going to have a good, and he's great for the, the the Latin American youth coming up through the through the through the White Sox organization as well. I feel like that he brings a, a specific thing to to the White Sox where a lot of managers can't necessarily relate to, just like he did with the Cubs with Starling Castro and Jorge Soler and guys of those natures. Right, How no, do you I, f- I agree. How do you okay. feel this Sox team will end up on on at, at year's end throughout a sixty game shortened season? Um, you know, the only the big question mark I have is I think they're going to hit. I mean, that lineup is really stacked. You know, it's just, right. and for a you know uh, Zach Plesac was amazing tonight, um, getting through that lineup and really making them look bad. But you know, that, it's going to be tough for any pitchers to get through that lineup three times without getting some sort of damage done, you know, it just, I mean, you know, you got, if you go Eloy Jimenez to Luis Robert, you know, you got, uh, uh, Abreu who led the league in RBIs last year and Makata and Tim Anderson. That's five really good hitters. Not, I'm not even including some of the other guys who certainly grind out who can, you know, crush the ball as well. I, I just, I just wonder, you know, especially this year without Kopech, I just wonder, uh, if they have enough pitching, um, right. you know, it, it's just, you, you go up and down that rotation. I mean, I think Giolito's legit. You know, I, he's he's a really really good pitcher. Um, you know, but the other guys, you know, I'm I'm just I'm wondering. You know, you're, you know, you're counting on Gio Gonzalez. Um, I don't know what you think about him. Yeah, but, you know, he, cool. he doesn't throw. Yeah, he doesn't throw more than 90 miles an hour. So, um, you know, the the rotation certainly uh, had some issues. But uh, you know, listen, uh, and we certainly have learned that. Uh, we can't take the twins lightly, right? I mean, they're really right. good. Definitely they're not. Really Definitely good. not. Yeah, and, the, and I'm the a Indians diehard gonna... Cub fan like you, right? I'm a diehard Cub fan like you. Okay. You know, so but looking at this team, my biggest question mark going into this season for the White Sox, my biggest question, I was like, okay, Giolito's going to come back strong, just like he did, just like he came out last year. Gio Gonzalez, you know what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get Mark Burley type win loss numbers out of him. He's going right. to be a 13 and 10 guy. This now this is what I said. This is when it was pre-COVID 162 game season. You know, he's going to be right. a 500 pitcher, maybe below a game or two, uh-huh. maybe above a game or two. 
the biggest question mark I had was which Dallas Keuchel you were going to get. And it's funny right. because so far over the first six games here, and I know they're playing right now, I don't know the score. All right, yeah. over the first five games, he had the best outing. Right. Well, you know, he, you know, he's a guy who clearly is, you know, doesn't have the same stuff he had when he won the Cy Young. But right. he knows how to pitch, right? I mean, he's he still throws low 90s. He can move the ball in and out. Um, he's a good guy, you know, on that team because he, he certainly can – help the younger guys, you know, he's been through it, he's been to the World Series, he's won a World Series, he's been to the playoffs a bunch of times with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I, I like that signing, and I think, you know, he, he will be a good number two. You know, Carlos Rodon, do we know, you know, he wasn't great in his first outing, do we know, you know, I mean, I think he's got electric stuff, but, you know, what's his health? You know, I mean, can, can he right. make it through even a 60-game season, you know? So, um, I, I, just, I just wonder, you know, and, and you can say this about most teams right now, in baseball, do they have enough starting pitching uh, right. to compete? You know, I think the hitting is going to be there. Um, defensively, you know, they definitely have some holes. Aloy Jimenez is a de- designated hitter playing left field. Um, but, we'll, you know, we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I think that uh, Sox fans had such high expectations, and so did, you know, they were like, the, what, the, the most uh, highly bet team in Vegas right. um, to, win, to win the World Series. I think they had gone down to like 20 or 25 to 1. Uh, right. So I think a lot of people have high expectations for the Sox this year. Yeah, they got off to a bad start. So, you know, a lot of Sox fans are panicking right now. But you know, you can't even say it's a long season. But uh, you know, they they obviously uh, need to win, like get two or three game winning streak to get back in this thing. Oh, definitely, definitely to get off the Sox here. Now that I, and I, I remember that you're a you're a diehard Cub fan, I apologize uh-huh. for that. That was yeah, that was no diarrhea problem. of the mouth there for a second. I apologize. <laughs> I love what I see out of this Cubs team so far, for the exception of one thing. And I hit on this before we brought you on here, Randy. This uh-huh. Cubs bullpen is really starting to scare the shit out of me here. I yeah. do not like what I see out of from the six through nine guys. Uh, Kimbrel has been terrible, and so has everybody else that they've brought in after the starter. How yeah. do the Cubs? Well, what do you think? How do the Cubs fix this here? Well, you know, you're not going to be able to fix the bullpen this year. You're just going to have to hopefully find a couple, ride a couple guys who get hot. I'm still not done with Craig Kimbrell. I, I, I know he was bad. He was terrible in his first outing. Four walks, hit batsman. But, you know, and I think I saw a stat where the Reds didn't swing at one of his curveballs. 15 curveballs, not one swing. Um, but, you know, some of those pitches just missed. Like, I was shocked that he didn't get any calls. So, um, I'm I'm pretty much uh, still thinking he maybe can give you something. But, um, you know, the Cubs bullpen has been garbage for the last two or three years and right. they've you know they've still won games um they're gonna have to rely i know hendrix didn't have it tonight they're getting killed tonight but um you know i, I haven't even uh, tuned in yet i haven't even tuned yeah, in yeah it, it's ugly but um <laughs> you know I, I i i think right now um it, it, this season is so weird that it's impossible to really even like make any predictions you know and uh listen you know you're not you're not going to make many trades you have now after tonight you have 54 games left so as I said, you're going to have to find maybe Rowan Wick gets hot, right? The guy from the Brewers, Jeremy Jeffress. I know he got the save, and they're like, well, you know, uh, whoever swung at ball forward should have been a walk. Well, he didn't because the ball had movement. And then he got Joey Votto flying out the center. That's what he, he was. He's paid to do to get out, and he got two outs. So, and, you know, before last year where he was terrible for the Brewers, he was an all-star closer for the Brewers. Uh, so, you know, he, he still has some value, some value. I don't know, you know if he'll be as what he was a couple of years ago, but he knows how to pitch in the big leagues. So just find two or three guys who you can ride, get, you know, get, get uh, for the pressure inning seven days and nine, and then you kind of 
patch it in the rest of the way, who's got the hot week or something like that. So you're, you're not going to be able to really find any big, you know, savior off the scrap heap or in, in your in your rookie camp or whatever you have going on. But uh, you just got to hopefully get two two or three guys get hot because that's what the is with bullpens is one year you're rotten, okay, and then the following year you're great. That's why it's crazy to ever pay a bullpen guy a multi-year deal just because show me a bullpen guy outside of like, you know, Mariano Rivera or Aralvis Chapman who consistently is good year after year. It's just right. it's impossible. It's impossible. Right. right. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I, like, I, like you said, it's going to be tough to try and improve that bullpen. You're, they are going definitely to have to ride the hot hand in that bullpen on the back six, seven, eight, nine, depending on how you do it. They got to make it happen. Okay. So, I mean, besides that, Randy, you have this amazing video series going on on the Twitter machine <laughs> where right. you give everyone a story time. What made uh, you come up with that idea? Well, you know, um, for years, um, like, you know, especially when I was back in the day when I was producing Waddle and Sylvia, or even after that, when I would just, I would be sitting in their show meetings right. and I would like tell stories about some of these guests I book. And Sylvia would always say to me, Merck, you got to start a podcast and just start telling these stories because people would love this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of, I, I kind of like being behind the scenes. I'm, I, you know, I let those guys, you know, and then I'm, but then when everything happened with the pandemic and, you know, I had some more time in my hands and I was like, you know what, how can I make a little difference? Just maybe put a smile on a couple people's faces during this whole thing. And then I finally said to my, I think I said to my family one night, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to tell just start telling some stories. You know, I was thinking maybe I get like, you know, a thousand, tops, like a thousand likes or, you know, views or whatever. And just a couple people would comment on it. So I'm like, you know, I'll start off with one of my favorite stories, which is back in the day booking, you know, when I called George Steinbrenner in a hotel at, in Tampa when, you know, when he yelled at me and still came on and, you know, I posted it and I was just like, all right, whatever. And then like an hour later, a buddy of mine who worked, who runs the station in San Francisco text, texted me. I wasn't even really paying attention because I, I hadn't been on Twitter since 2015, okay, since the Badgers made the Final Four. That's the last time I tweeted. And, oh, jeez. Uh, a, a friend of mine who, you know, works in radio in, the, in San Francisco texted me and said, dude, unreal. And I said, what? And he goes, you've got over 40,000 views in, like, two hours on your, this George, on your George Steinbrenner story. And I was like, what? And I went on, and there was, like, 40 comments already. And I'm like, no, oh, we need more of these, Merck. This is great. And then... I said, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do one. You know, and first I was doing them like every other day. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll spray them out a little more. So, I mean, I've got so many stories, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for almost what, 19, over, over 25 years. Um, you know, and you just, all the different people you run into and, you know, I, I've been pretty good so far. I really haven't told many negative stories. They've, you know, I've, I've, they've all been basically positive. Uh, I got some right. negative ones too, I could tell, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grill you on them tonight. I'm going to grill you on them yeah. tonight. Yeah, but I, I just I thought it'd be kind of a cool thing, and I'm I've been really pleasantly surprised with the reaction. I think it's pretty cool um, how people have responded. And you know what the funny thing is is that like I'll just be around. You know, I live in Deerfield, and I'll just be around town like at a my son's baseball game or something like that, and random people will come up to me and say, "Hey, I love your stories" or something like that. Or right. I'll you know I'll be I'll be booking a guest, and you know just someone I would think who have no it with no chance he'd be going to read my you know watching my stories, and then. He'll text me back. Yeah, I can do that time. By the way, you know, love your stories. Or people just reach out to me without even, you know, and just saying, hey, you know, thanks for the stories. They're awesome. Keep doing it or something like that. So 
you know, definitely what I was trying to get across, it's doing. So I'm, I'm real happy with uh, the feedback I've gotten so far. And I love doing them because, you know, to be in this industry, you got to love what you're doing. And uh, I love it. And uh, certainly have met a lot of great people and, uh, you know, some bad ones, too. But that, you know, you can say that in any industry. So it's, it's, right. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, for the for the people in the chat here that don't know the George Di- the George Steinbrenner story, uh-huh. give us a quick little uh, quick little rundown of exactly what happened. George yeah. Steinbrenner, obviously, the right. owner and you know the owner and head honcho of the New York Yankees for years. Right. Right. So like g- give everybody a quick little rundown here. Yeah, I mean he's like you know back in the day when I was, I just I just started producing it was 1994. It was I think it was 95 when I booked him maybe and anyways but you know he was the guy i mean it was you know back then he seinfeld you know making fun of him you know doing larry davis right. doing him on seinfeld and so it was the, he was the guy to book and um i you know i i call i would call i had a spring training meeting back then they gave you media guys a spring training media guy and i would call his office every morning and you gotta understand like new york media is like nothing else okay so right. he'd probably get a ton of requests every day i mean you know they probably have 10 papers Back then, there wasn't as many radio outlets, but probably, you know, 15 out radio outlets, you know, 15 to 20 TV stations that are there all the time trying to get a hold of him. And I called up and talked to his secretary. I said, you know, I'd like to get, you know, Mr. Steinbrenner on national radio in Chicago. I work for this national radio network called the One-on-One Sports, which is out of Northbrook. But we had affiliates, not a ton of affiliates at that time, but all over. And she said to me in the New York accent, Randy, he's not, doesn't do any radio. So... I told her, I said, I'm calling every day until he says yes. And she said, you can keep calling. So I would call every day. She'd always tell me no. And one night I'm in my, uh, you know, my one bedroom efficiency in Evanston. And I happened to see that in the media guy that there's a hotel, home hotel listed for the Yankees. So I was like, oh, I wonder if he's there. So I called the hotel. He was listed. It was 1030 Central. So it's 1130 Eastern. And I'm like, ooh, you know, and they ring the room before I can hang up. He answers in the first ring wide awake. So I'm like, you know. Mr. Steinbrenner. And he's like, yes. I'm like, hey, it's Randy with 101 Sports. How are you? And he's like, fine. He goes, you have any, young man, you have an idea what time it is? And I'm like, I quite down. Oh, geez. You know, I thought it was only 1030. My bad. It's 1130. He's like, you're, you know, very, it's very inconsiderate of you to call this late. I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, I'll let you go back to sleep. He goes, wait a minute. What did you want? And I said, you know, I've been trying to get you on all, all spring training and, and you, you haven't been out yet. Your secretary says you won't do it. And he says, that's right. I don't do radio interviews. And I'm like, all right. He goes, wait a minute. And he paused for a second. He goes, he goes, if you call me tomorrow at 10 Eastern and tell my secretary you're the very rude young man who woke me up, I'll do it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, done. So I called next morning, 10 Eastern. She answers, and she's like, Randy, I told you he's not doing it. And I'm like, just tell him it's the very rude young man who woke him up. And I'm still thinking there's no way, you know, PR is going to pick up the phone and scream at me for calling him. And a se- I mean, like a second later, he picked up the phone. Okay, Randy, let's go. And he came on and was like, was on like for 15 minutes. And at the end, he's like, he said it was Mark Jenskow, who now uh, works in uh, ABC, and Jay Mariotti. Uh, oh and uh, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> at the end, he's like, he's like, uh, tell you what, you've got one persistent producer. He bugged my secretary every day and called me in the hotel and got me on. So good for him. Good job or something like that. And after that, I probably booked him, I'm not lying, 10 to 15 times. Like, I used to call him in the hotel and he would know who I was. Like, he would always, I mean, I don't think he ever said no to me. He always came on. He was, I mean, it's always great to have George Steinbrenner around because he, he always, oh, yeah. there, you know, yeah. So, yeah, that was the, that's the joy. And that, that was like one of the pinnacle moments for me that I'm like, kind of like, wow, you know, I can, I can maybe do this. You know, like if I had the, 
the balls to call George Steinbrenner at 10.30, you know, and wait. I don't know if I felt like he was wide awake, but to, to get him to come on the next day, you know, that, I'll, I'll, okay, maybe, that, maybe I can do this in this industry because uh, it, that's pretty tough to get him on. So, yeah, that's the Steinbrenner story. That that's that's an amazing story, man. I love hearing yeah. that story. Every time I hear it, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me smile ear yeah. to ear, and makes me laugh. I don't know how many times I've ever heard that, and yeah. it just every time I every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. Yep, yeah, it's great, it's great. So okay, has there ever been anyone that was the big fish that got away? Who's the unicorn, or in your opinion, who's been your favorite guest and why? Uh, well, okay, the favorite guest of why is easy, and he's been on a bunch of times, but it's Charles Barkley, because, like, uh, I mean, you know, he's one of the biggest names out there, and, you know, usually when a, a guy's that big, you either have to have a, a built-in relationship, like, with your host, or, you know, that he knows the host, or just that you have an angle to get him on, and back in the day when I worked for Sporting News Radio, I did have an angle where James, uh, I worked with James Brown, who, you know, at CBS, and I would, you know, drop his name and he'd come on, he would come on. But when I came to ESPN, like he didn't know Waddle and Sylvie from, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know who they were at all. Right. And I started, you know, I, I remember the first time I booked him with Waddle and Sylvie was after uh, Tim Donaghy was suspended. Uh, you know, and that was a oh, huge wow. thing. And I called him up and I said, hey, you know, we're, this is press conference. Can will you come on after that? And he was like, yeah, bro, you got it. And he came on like for 30 minutes with Waddle and Sylvie. And then, I mean, he's been on their show, I would say, like probably 40, 50 times in the 13 years, you know, and he's done, which is pretty amazing to me. He came in studio once for two hours, did a lunch with a legend with us once. Then he did a show. I convinced him to come to Ditka's for two hours, which was the the coolest part about that was, is that he came to Ditka's and then that, the day I, I set him up like an hour later, the Bears announced they were benching Jay Cutler and going to start, I think, Jimmy Clausen. So the next oh, day during our show, we had to carry we had to carry Jay Cutler's press conference and right. Mark Trestman's press conference. And I texted him, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, is it cool we're going to have to carry these two press conferences? And he's like, sure, bro. He's like, but i got to leave by this time. So just letting you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. So he comes by, and you would think, like, while the press conference is going on, he would be like, either get up or go get some to drink or not pay attention or be on his phone. He's got pen and paper writing notes down from each press conference. Okay. And wow. then after the press conference is done, like with Waddle Sylvie, he's bringing up what he thought of each press conference. And I'm like, God, I love this guy. I mean, he's just, and the, another cool thing, which I love about him is like, he's like you and me, Mike, like we did, we did a lunch with a legend with him. It's sold out. Okay. So usually when you do a lunch with a legend, you, you make the announcement of the legend. Okay, we did a ton of them. We probably did 50 to right. 75 of these guys, okay? Yeah, you know, usually it would take a week, two weeks, they'd sell out. We announced it um, within 30 minutes, 200 people. We had 200 reservations, done, sold out. We did standing room only, like, for 50 people in the bar area where they could come and just stand and watch, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and we, at this point, we had stopped promising or, you know, saying that you could get an autograph because not everyone got one and people were getting upset. So I remember at the end of the first break, he was on for three hours with Waddle and Sylvie. Um, and I turn around, and there's a line of like 50, I'm not lying, there's a line of 50 people all the way to the door to come in the restaurant to get autographs from him. And they, everyone's got like, you know, Suns jerseys, Sixers jerseys, you know, USA basketball jerseys, basketball. And I say, guys, no autographs, you know, no autographs today. And 
he sees he sees me he hears me say that and goes, No, no, let them all through. I'll sign everything. And not only did he sign every piece of every break where there was a line of at least thirty people, but he just, you know, he didn't have his head down signing gate. He every person had a story for him. Hey Charles Lumber this I do and he would go through the game with them. I mean he's just wow. he's that nice. You know, so yeah, I mean he's great. So if you if like, you know, over like a series, like that's like I think one of the proudest relationships I have in this industry is that, like I, I wouldn't consider him like a good friend. Like I would never say if he's in town, he's not texting me to go for drinks. But right. like you know, we're friends. Like I'll text him on his birthday. You know, I'll text him certain times, just messages, and he responds. So Jeez, that's um, amazing. Yeah, I mean he's he's but he's just that that good a guy. You know, like he's great. So uh, that that to me is like my favorite relationship. I guess you could say that I had is, is Charles Barkley. No question. So, so now to the other one. Has there ever been anyone, like the big fish that got away? Who's the unicorn that you've tried so many times to get that you cannot land? Okay, so uh, Tiger, you know, I, I really haven't had, I wouldn't say I've had many opportunities to go Tiger just because ever since he's basically been, you know, Tiger, he's just, he's had so much people around him, you know, to get through. So... Um, I I think I've only I called him a couple times in the hotel when he was listed early on, and both times I called someone else answered and said he was sleeping. So I like I've never actually spoken to Tiger. So Tiger certainly is one of them. Uh, Jordan, I had one time where I had it. We I worked at One One Sports and we had him on when, but I didn't book it when he was playing baseball. I had uh, we had a stringer named Jerry Cook, old time stringer. Okay, and he was out okay. at spring training and, and he had a great relationship with Michael. So he set up an interview for us, which was great. But, like, I've never booked Michael. That would be obviously one that I would love. And, like, you know, like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys, obviously, that I would love to book. But, like, um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I've tried, you know, because Seinfeld's my favorite show. Uh, never, I've never had an opportunity to book him. I think he would be a great interview, even though sometimes comedians, when they're on radio shows, you know, over the phone are kind of kind of tough. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, those are, you know, the the main two. Like, you know, I would say like most big name Chicago athletes, I, I've who I've wanted to book, I've booked. You know, I it's it's I haven't really had a ton of guys. You know, I, and there's obviously like President Obama when he was, you know, over the eight years, I tried so many times to get him. You know, and again, I can't just email and say, hey, you know, the the president can the president come on. You have to have a hook. So, hey, you know, I have a great Chicago athlete, you know, doing a show with us in person. Would he, you know, call in and. Only once or twice did they ever respond. So, but you know, th- those are probably the main guys that uh, I swung and missed on, if you would say that I really want, really want to get on. Okay, so we've covered your best guy. We've covered your favorite person to have on. Yeah, we've covered the unicorn that has gotten away. Now right. I'm going to put your feet to the fire here, Randy. Okay, who's the worst guest you've ever had to deal with, and why? Worst guest I've ever had to deal with. Well, you know, I've had guys who have told me you know, to, uh, have told me to go blank myself, you know, you, I you mean, can swear, Randy, it's a podcast. Okay, I didn't you know, but swear. I didn't Don't know where we, we, we were all Yeah, no, you can swear that. whatever you, you'd say, whatever you want to say, man. Okay. Um, you know, and I hate to speak ill of the dead, but Jerry Krause, uh, never, never treated me well. You know, he, he, uh, you know, uh, go figure. I, I know like, what'd you say? I said, go figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like I know if you watch the last dance, some people had some empathy for him for the way, you know, Jordan, Phil, and Pip treated him. But, like, um, I had no, you know, we had no relationship whatsoever. And, 
You know, like I was just doing my job. I, I never disrespected him once. You know, I, I called him in a hotel one time for, I just started at 101 Sports and the host that was working, you know, I was this green producer, right? You know, and this guy who I was working for supposedly was, you know, a long time in the industry. And he told me we had the hotel where the bull, it was the year that Jordan came back after retirement. We, and he had, I had the hotel where they were staying. And he said, call Jerry Krause, the personal friend, tell him it's for Teddy Ballgame. And I'm like, all right. So I call him up and like he chewed me out like for 10 minutes, every, you know, every swear word and, you know, I mean, wouldn't hang off. Like I kept saying to him, all right, I get it, Jerry, you know, all right, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible person for calling you in the hotel, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, a couple of times later when I was at ESPN, like I called him up at home and he just was tore and tore me a new asshole. And I couldn't believe it. I'm finally, I, you know, second time I kind of took it. The third time I was like, listen. I'm doing my job here, buddy. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you don't like it, don't answer the phone. You know, I'm like, what am I tell you? Like, this is what I do. Okay. So tough. And, you know, he, you know, he, he just, I don't know. He, it, you know, like he, I, I felt, I did feel bad for him. He's maybe he deserved more credit, but he, he did not treat, he did not treat me well. He did, he just, I, I don't have one really positive story about my, anything with Jerry Krause. He always, he always was, uh, he was not friendly to me. So that's the one, I mean, you know, you had other guys like, you know, I told the story, one of my stories, Bill Parcells, you know, I called him up in the hotel and he was like, ah, fuck, and hung up the phone on me right away. And <laughs> I've had that where, you know, guys have told me, you know, don't ever call me, you know, again. And, you know, what I do, I call him again, you know, because, you know, I mean, like, you always show respect for him. Like, I would never, like, you know, you know, bug someone. But, like, um, you know, I, I would say Krause is right up. There's other guys, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head, other guys who, who really went after me, you know, on the phone or, who would do what they would some guys would do what, what they'll do is they would they would be cordial to you and then like five minutes later the PR staff would call up and would tear you you know would tear you apart you know and you'd, you'd right. kind of be like shaking your head and you'd be like man I, I called the guy on his cell phone you know he's a he's an adult you know I mean like you know come yes. on I mean like let, let's let's put things in perspective here I'm not I'm you know I'm not like you know I didn't call him at midnight so. But, right. you know, it's, it's part of the job. Someone told me when I first started as a producer, they said, if you're not pissing people off, you're not doing your job. Uh, so I always kind of laughed when I heard that. And I was like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Because, you know, it's almost like you got to find ways to sometimes get around the gatekeeper because sometimes these guys just don't want to put the guests on. So, But I would say if you ask me, like, the one guy that Jerry Krause is probably the one guy who just never treated me well, never treated me well at all. And there you go. Jerry Krause plus asshole equals big asshole. There you go. <laughs> I guess so. so you know, you know, it's so. funny is I got a funny story for you too. You know, yeah. I have I have somebody like that in, in my recent goings here with the Fat uh-huh. Mike Chicago Sports Show. And I'll die I'll I will divulge that one hundred percent right now live on the air. Um the person I've had a problem with in surprisingly is Ron Coomer. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted to do a live show over at his bar. We had just done a, we, we were booking a live show and the bar backed out on me. Um, so it was like, what the hell is going on here? I got to try and figure this out and try and get this live show going. And, uh, I stopped into his bar out there out in Lockport area, which is where I grew up, Randy. Um, so I'm a, I'm an alum of Lockport high school, just like he is. And I got his number through the grapevine, through other uh-huh. people in the industry here. 
Sure. And they were like, yeah, give them a call. You know, I've worked with them before in the past. Go ahead and give them a call. It's cool. You know, I don't see any problem with it. And I gave them a call. I left them a message. And then not even 12 hours later, the person who gave me his number had gotten a phone call from somebody over down the dial. I mean, you know what I mean when I say that. Yep. Yep, yep. And, you know, uh, excuse my French, but motherfucking him up and down, be like, why would you divulge Coomer's information? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it was like, you know what? Your restaurant's not that good, pal. This burger's too expensive for me to fucking be here, and I'm done with this. You know what I mean? It was like, all right, don't ever ask me to come. I'm the type of person already where it's like, you know, you fart in my way, don't come, don't come my general right. direction ever again, you know? But yeah, Ron Coomer's on my short list now too. So there you go. So we each have one of those well, guys. Your guys just well, lucky enough to be dead. Yeah, I've I've always heard good things about Coom, so that's surprising. I've heard he's a really super nice guy. So you know, maybe yeah, he, that time. yeah, yeah. He kind of maybe it was. Who knows? But you know, yeah. I give everybody that one bridge, and it was like, come on, man, for real, right? You know, right. I was like, Damn. Lockport. Lockport was always a, a rival of. Uh, we, I think HF played. I, I went to home with Flossmore. I think we home played with Flossmore. Oh yeah, I played yeah. football for Lockport, baby. Woo. Uh, yeah. So you know, HF. What what year did you grad? When did you graduate? I graduated in well, technically 05, but I would have been part of the 06 class. Okay. All right. So you're yeah, you're much younger than me then. So yeah, because yeah. Uh, I, I remember playing Lock. I I didn't play, but I broadcast. I remember that uh, Lockport was always always had a good team. Yeah, thanks to Jim Hall. That was mostly in part to Mr. Jim Hall, for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay, so how hard, speaking on relationships and stuff like that, how yeah. you built relationships, uh-huh. how hard is it to build relationships in this game In this game that we play? Have you ever thought, man, I don't know if I went, that, went about it the right way, or, oh, shit, did I ruin that relationship with some of your guests? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, you know, relationships take time, right? You can't just do it over, like, you know, one phone call or something like that. Right. Um, listen, I, I think uh, the relationships are real important. And I, to me, it's how you treat people, right? And as I mentioned before, like, I, I never, you know, I'm honest. That's, like, one thing about me is, like, I'm honest. I, I'm not going to lie to a guest. I'm not going to lie to a host, you know. So, um, you know, I think it's just over time, like, you know, you don't always have to reach out and try to book someone. It can just be like uh, sending a text to someone on their birthday, sending a text when you see something good that, you know, that's going on in their life and just congratulating them, you know? Um, so, um, that, that's how I've, you know, I've done it since I started back in, I mean, obviously things have changed a lot since 1994 when I first started, you know, booking guests and the way you book guests used to be like call hotels or, you know, uh, you strictly went through PR, you know, for the teams. Now you go through agents a lot of the time and um, other ways. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, relationships are tough. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I think it's the most important part of, of guest booking is having a good relationship. And, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, just, it's as I said before, it's, it's not something you can just build over a week. It takes, it takes a long time to build up relationships with guys and to keep them going. So, um, that's, that's, I think the most important part of it in this industry, not just guest booking. I think in anything you're doing in life, you know, it's, it's how you treat people. So that's what I've always tried to, to do is just treat people the right way. And hopefully it pays off. Well, Randy, you, you and I have been conversating over the past couple of months via Twitter, via message mm-hmm. and stuff like that, back and forth. Sure. And I asked you, I remember, I remember a few months ago, I had asked you for advice and you gave me some. 
I asked mm-hmm. you how to land the big guests and how to keep myself cool. Do you remember what you said? What you told me, Randy? Or no? I don't actually. You told me that that you have built up relationships and for me to start small and build up trust. And once uh-huh. I have established myself and my show, more people will come on. And I, I and I took that advice to heart. And I've been building and building this pig. And it seems like it's it seems to be working. And I just wanted to uh-huh. give credit to where it, where credit's due, and thank you for that because I appreciate yeah. that. I I really yeah. did. I took that to heart, and it means a lot to me that somebody would reach out, somebody that's been in the game for such a long time, would answer that question. You know, you could have been like, "Hey, yep. kid, you know, get the hell out of here." Right. You know what I mean? Right. And right. I, I really do. Yeah. It means a lot to me that you did that. And I, thank well, you for I, that. I it means a lot. Appreciate saying that, and you know, I. I you know, I'm certainly always willing to help. And, you know, one thing I've done uh, as long as I've been doing this is everywhere I've worked, everyone I've worked with, I try to take something from them, right, and learn something from them, um, good or bad, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I, I mean, like I worked with some great people at uh, at my previous place, one-on-one sports, sporting news radio, and I would, you know, there were some guys there who were just stars at what they did. So I would try to I learn from them and then, you know, at ESPN, I've I've learned different things from different hosts and different producers, and you know, you're never too, if if you if you stop learning, you know, if you start like then you're 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 stopping your game, right? You're you're you know, right. and what do you have going? So that's you know, and if any time anyone ever reaches out to me, like not that I have all the info, but like I can certainly I'm always willing to help people out who ask me for advice because I've always I've asked tons of people for advice, you know, on how to do this and how to do that. So. Anyone ever talk ask me for advice? I'm certainly always willing to help. So I'm glad, uh, glad that uh, you took that to heart. No, definitely for sure. And I really do appreciate every every yeah. second that yeah. you give me here tonight. I know I told sure. you about 20, 30 minutes. I know we're running a little bit long. If you got time for a couple more minutes, Randy, I'd love to keep you on. I got a couple more questions here for you. Sure, go ahead. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. So one thing I wanted to address is you keep on wearing these goofy ass socks during your stories. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. What's the story hey. behind the goofy-ass socks? I've never seen the same pair twice. Uh, no, I've, I have worn it. It's, so most of them are, it's this, uh, it's this, I forgot the company's name, but like my you wife. You are a goofy sock aficionado. Yeah, so my wife bought them for me. She has bought them different, a couple different times for like my birthday or like Father's Day. And I think like a couple, I think most of them have my uh kids faces on them so i have twins 13 year old twins so there you go there you uh go. so the and then uh and then she just bought me new, a couple these people always comment on them and then a couple <laughs> times i didn't wear them i just wore normal white socks and people are like what are you doing wear the socks so i'm like all right i'll wear the socks each time so that's why i put them on i think i have like a pair of badger socks that's where i went to school wisconsin and then right. another pair with uh, a couple other people's face i i i bought um a uh, guy I used to work with, Adam Delavid. I bought him when he left the company. I bought him two pairs of socks. One had capped, capped face and uh, on him, and I think the other one had like Waddle and Sylvie, and then one had Carmen Nurgle on it. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a. I think the concept was started. It was someone was doing it for dogs, and then they just started going out to people too. And uh, I love them. I think they're great. I know you call them goofy, but I I, lo- I love them. Um, I get more comments on them from people who just see them randomly, you know, like, Oh my God, I love those socks. So yeah, they're part of, they're part of the, the stories, you know, uh, 
they're part of the stories, and uh, they'll continue to be part of the stories. So, yeah, you got to uh, make you know, sure that's them. a mainstay, Randy. You got to make sure that's a yeah. mainstay. I'm sorry yeah. for calling them goofy, but they're funny. No, I've never no, seen the right. same pair twice on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I have worn the same pair twice, but yeah, I, I have a bunch of pairs. So there's no question, I have a bunch of pairs. So, 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 there Randy, is. with sports, mm-hmm. with sports always having its high and lows, and some amazing and some terrible times during sports. What is your fondest memory with sports as a high? And as a low. Okay, so no question. Um, the high is crazy because the Cubs winning the World Series should be my high, right? 2016. Right, right. I mean, and it's right there. But, like, my, my love for Badger sports has almost taken over my love for Cubs baseball, which is crazy because I, when I was a kid, I mean, I lived and died with 84 destroyed me. Destroyed me. <laughs> I mean, like, game five, they're up to nothing. I'm in my basement pacing, you know, all excited. And then, you know, the ball goes by Durham. ball goes in camp between Stanford's legs. And, you know, they lose. And I'm just crushed because I thought the Cubs could beat the Tigers that year. And then 89 was kind of like, yeah, you know, they were a good team. I didn't think they would win the World Series. Um, but uh, 2003, you know, uh, was, was like, I think my greatest sports one of my greatest sports day was Cubs won game four to go up three, one on the Marlins and the Badgers upset Ohio state. It was number one in the country. Lee Evans caught like an 80 yard touchdown pass to give him the win late in the game. I'm like, this, this this is, this can't get any better for me. This is it. But, right. uh, I would say, Oh, my worst. Boy, I'd probably say, Oh, three game six, game seven, just because three, nothing five outs away. I'm not going to blame Bartman because that was uh. one play. I mean, you know, there's a ground ball to Alex Gonzalez. Dusty never, uh, Dusty never goes out and calms, calms Mark Pryor down. Um, there's a there's a bouncing ball right to Alex Gonzalez, and he, you know, he should be able to make that play, and he boots it. Um, you know, and then game game seven, I've never heard, and I was at game two. I forgot what game I was. Game three of the World Series, but and game one against the Giants uh, too, and I've never heard that play louder than when Kerry Wood hit that home run. In Game oh, Seven right. of the NFC, yeah, <laughs> 2003. I mean, it was just crazy. So, okay, I'm gonna say my most disappointing moment as a sports fan was two Game Six and Game Seven of '03 because I really thought, and I, I'm convinced the Cubs would have beaten that Yankee team. The Marlins beat them, I think, in five or six. That Cub pitching staff would have plowed. That Yankee team was good, but wasn't that a great team? So I think the Cubs would have won the World Series that year. And I think if the Cubs had won the World Series that year. They probably would have gotten back to another one. But I thought after 03, what happened? Everyone's like, oh, Merck, they're fine. They got Pryor, Wood, and Zimbrano. I'm like, you know, you only get so many You only get so many chances. And then, like, I don't care. Like, other teams, look at the Braves, you know? I mean, right. they've had Smoltz, you know, Glavin and, and Maddox for years, and they've only been, they've only won once. So right. I had a feeling that they would, it would, things would fall apart, and it did quickly the next year. My, my greatest moment by far was in my, I guess, you know, I probably is because I shared it with my son um, was when the Badgers beat Kentucky, the undefeated Kentucky team the year before. I mean, you don't understand, Mike, when I was at Wisconsin, I mean, sports was, if we upset a ranked team in basketball, we would go nuts. You know, like it would just be like, you know, I I, I remember one time uh, we we beat, we upset Minnesota on like a last second shot. They were ranked like ninth or something like that. And I ran on the courts. And, like, my mom saw me that, like, my sweater was all stretched out. It was on ESPN, you know, and she leaves me a message. What happened to your sweaters? I mean, it was just, like, so fun. <laughs> and then, like, 
you know, for them, they made the Final Four, I think, what, uh, 2000 or 90? Yeah, I think 2000. But the team was, was, you know, like an A seed and somehow, you know, got to the Final Four. They weren't a great team. But, you know, the teams that Bo Ryan had, I knew Bo Ryan. I worked, my first radio job was in Flatville, so I became, I was friends with Bo Ryan. They make the Final Four. They lose to Kentucky because Trent Jackson's uh, Trent Jackson shot just goes off the rim. And the following year, all they, they all came back, and they, all they said is all year, we won Kentucky. Kentucky's undefeated going into the game, and they beat them. And they beat them, uh, can, you know, not convincingly, but Sam Decker hits a huge three, and they end up, you know, beating Kentucky. And I think they took all the energy from them. They, they had a nine-point lead against Duke, and it just all fell apart. But I'll still remember that, you know, getting I'm thinking of my, pinching myself saying, Wait, Wisconsin basketball is in a national championship game? I mean, that, that, when I was in college, if someone ever said to me that Wisconsin would be, a, you know, in a national championship game and beat Arizona, Kentucky, and North Carolina to get there, I'd say, yeah, good luck. You know, I mean, and they, they did it. So uh, that, that's probably like, you know, and my son and I, we had the same seats for every game. We sat on the couch in the same areas. I was too nervous to go to Indianapolis. I was just, I didn't want to jinx them by going so i just i watched all the games in my you know my, in my couch and yeah that beating kentucky was my i think my greatest sports moment there you go that that's awesome man it's it's it's, yep. it's amazing that you were able to share that with your kid yeah yeah i mean he he's i think now he's a bigger sports fan than i am like he he'll text me the lineup each day for you know the cubs and like what are they dealing with this you know he, he yeah he's He's a he's a real good baseball player now too, and he you know he just loves sports, so it's it's cool, it's cool. I got a great daughter too, so I, you know I'm two great kids. That's fantastic. I got yeah. a couple yeah. more here for you, Randy. Yeah. Okay. All right, so if you yourself could have the uh-huh. chance to sit down and interview one person, living or dead, from the sports world, who would it be? Okay. Oh man, wow, that is a tough one. That all right. Hmm. I've heard dad is sport person, you know, and I don't want to go there because I feel I, I would love. It's to not Jerry Krause, is it? No, no, it's not Jerry Krause. <laughs> you know, and the, the obvious answer would be like, Hey, Michael Jordan. Right. I mean, like, right. what is it like? You know, I mean, but we kind of know what it's like to be him. We saw the last dance. We saw how crazy his life is. that He can't leave his hotel room, you know, like right. to get anything, you know? And, um, uh, I don't know. One person, I, and there's so many people I would want to talk to. Like, uh, I think maybe I'd, I'd want to, you know, because you have, we no one's ever heard from him. I'd love to talk to Steve Bartman and just be like <sighs> an honest interview and just say, hey, and as a Cub fan, you know, I, I apologize for the way you were treated, and I hope I hope you've had some joy in your life, and I hope you're able to enjoy 2016. You know, because right. I probably I may have done the same thing you did. You know, if a foul ball was coming over there, I, I may have tried to grab it as, as well. You know, so. Um, but I, I I would love you know I mean that was what 13, 17 years ago. You know, and I mean he, to his credit, and I'm sure he's been offered everything right for an interview. He he's never talked. You know, he's never talked, and I almost give him more credit for that than doing an interview because I just think like he's handled it the right way and. I'm sure the Cubs have reached out to him. Maybe even after the Cubs won the World Series, said, "Hey, come back." You know, we'll, you know. But he's been. I mean, I'm, I don't know if he. I assume he's gone to a Cub game again. Who knows? But like, I'd love to just sit down and talk to him. I mean, he's not a he's not a sports figure per se. But like, no one no one's talked to him. You know, no one's 
no one's ever talked to Steve Bartman for ever. I've never even seen a quote right. from him, you know. So I I just loved like talk to him and almost like apologize to the guy just because I felt like he got such a bad rap that night. Felt so bad for him after yeah, he, after he, what happened. He, he completely fell off the face of the planet. And a few weeks ago, I had I do a segment on the show here called "What If," and that yeah. was the "What If" that I did was "What If." Steve Bartman does not interfere with that ball. Do the Cubs go on in advance? Do the oh, Cubs yeah. win the World yeah, Series? Because you know what? Even if Alou doesn't catch it, okay, which, you know, you could argue either way. He, was catch he catches that ball, right, Randy? Okay, but there's, there's, one, there's five outs. There's one out, okay? So it's a foul ball. It was Luis Castillo who was up. Pryor isn't rattled because he sees, cause, you know, Alou going nuts in left field. Right. Pryor was dealing, dealing that game. And yep. that's maybe another guy I'd love to talk to is Mark Pryor. And we've had him on a bunch of times. Great guy. It's just like talk to him like, hey, what was going through your mind when that happened? Like, really? Like, you know, you know, not just the stock answer when you're doing it. Like, hey, what, what were you thinking then? Because he had to have been like, oh, man, are you kidding me? Like, this, this can't happen here. And uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I think they would have I think they would have won that game probably. But like. You know, it's crazy because, like, you know, look at all the other fans in that area that reached for the ball. So it's not like it was, you know, Bartman wasn't the only one that was doing it at the time. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd be the guy. And that team was that team wasn't a great team. It was it had some, it just had great starting pitching and a couple guys who could just bash. You know, Sosa was, you know, not he wasn't what he was in '98 at that point, but he was still a really good hitter. Lou was a great hitter. And they had, I think, a Ramos Ramirez. Jim Hendry did a great job that year. Got a Ramos Ramirez for nothing, and he was a great third baseman for the Cubs. So, uh, yeah, that was that's that's a dis- that was a disappointing uh, season for sure. So, that but All I would right. say I would say Bart- Bartman's the guy. Bartman's the guy. Bartman's the guy that you'd go for, huh? Yep, yep, yep. That's that's something. Like I said, I had that I ha- I had that what yep. if a few weeks ago, and I was right. I, I rewatched that eighth inning. That bottom uh-huh. of the eighth, and it's yeah, or the top of the eighth. There, it's like, oh no, that like, yeah, no. Yep. Every every yep. single second of it just made me sick to my stomach. And I right. am a firm believer, Randy. I I shit you not. That is the worst half inning of baseball I have ever watched in my entire life, and it has nothing to do with me being a Cub fan. Right. It is yeah, legit I mean, I think, the, what, the they, worst they half inning. Game. It brought Dave Veers in, and then Mike Mordecai hit a ball, like a triple Ugh. left center field, and it just. I was I was went to the game with my brother Scott, who you've had on before. Right, and, uh, yeah, yeah. My other brother, my brother Jeff, and we had we had season tickets, and I remember looking at my brothers, both my brothers, after they got the first out. I think Juan Pierre was on first base, but I looked at both of them and I said, I held up five, and I said five outs. We're five outs, and we had, you know, we had like in our section, we knew everyone. Like the guy in front of me was like. Bartman, he had, he wore the headphones the entire game. Okay, he kept right. score every single play, and he would turn around during the game, and you know he'd be listening to the radio, and he would tell me like you know Pat said this or Ron said this, you know about what's going on, and like I remember looking at him after maybe not after game six, after game seven when they lost, like he was like doubled over crying, and I I I, put, I remember putting my arm around him, saying hey it's you know it's all right you know we'll, we'll and I hate I hate to say it but I I think I think I may have said. Wait till next year. This team will be even be better, you know. And uh, you know, but uh, yeah. the Cubs' yeah. lifelong story. Wait till next and year. And I, I, I remember just I, I parked like I never paid for parking. I think I parked like 15 minutes away by where my brother-in-law lived. And 
I remember just walking back like by myself and just in a daze. Like I don't, I don't remember even walking. I, I just don't remember how I got to my car. I was just shocked after yeah. Game Seven. I just could not believe that they they blew that series up three one. They were up three one. I think they had. Did they not have Zimbrano? Fryer and Wood going. So you figure there's no way the Marlins are beat. That's like, I always used to say that, you know, if the Bulls went up, in a, even in a seven-game series, I'm like, there's no way you're beating Michael four of seven. It's just, you know, you're not going to do it, you know? And, right. And, and very few teams did. So, you know, uh, that, yeah, that, that one was still hurts. Oh, three still hurts a lot, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that, that breaks my heart. That is, that is my yep. very, very first... First um, moment of heartbreak in my life. Right. It, it truly right. is. And it will forever yeah. and ever stick with me to this day. I don't think I've had a girlfriend hurt me more than that. Like, <laughs> I, I mean that. Like, legit. I don't yeah. think I've had a relationship with another woman or anybody right. else that hurt me more than that 2003 right. season. So yeah. I, 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 got a, I got a couple more here for you. Like I said, I'll, I'll yeah. hurry it up here. Okay. Okay, so... A mutual friend between you and I um, uh, wants me to ask, how much do you miss your favorite little hotspot out in Vegas? I heard you're a big Paris casino goer, uh, the Toll House cookie shop kind of man. <laughs> what makes you the what What makes that the cream of the crop out there, Randy? Uh wow, I'm trying to. Could that be my brother who told you? That? I'm trying to think who who possibly would have told you that. Um, it was not your brother. It was not your brother. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I see a different Vegas than most people see. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I uh, when we go out, to, I go to Vegas with my. I'm not going this year, obviously, with the pandemic. No, no chance right. of going out there. But uh, I go out there. Uh, we should go out there once a year. I love going out there when it's boiling hot. I love when it's like 110. Gross. And sitting out by the pool, sitting out by the pool, like for you know, like from like ten till like one, and then uh, we usually go, you know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll gamble. I don't do any table games. I just gamble on sports. But then we'll go around like you know, different shopping areas, and then uh, go see a sh- maybe one show or there. We should go like for two or three days. And yeah, I usually make one run. There's a toll, you know, there's Toll House cookie places here now, but like for some reason the one in Vegas I love, and I go there and I spend around twenty five dollars by like brownies cookies and i usually bring it back with me and uh yeah it's the best love it so yeah that's uh i i'm gonna miss it this year not going and then you know vegas used to have there used to be a coffee shop in the mirage that i used to go to that i'm not lying had chocolate chip muffins that were as big as my head with chocolate chips that were just gigantic so i would buy i would the day i was leaving i'd go buy two of those to bring those home and I used to, when people would go out there, I'm not lying, I would text them, say, hey, are you, when are you coming back? And they'd be like, just say, I'm like, hey, we ha- if you're in Mirage, can you stop by, I forgot what the place was called, and stop by and grab me a chocolate chip muffin. And they'd be like, ha. And I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. You know, and sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. But yeah, I, I, I see a different Vegas than most people do. But uh, I love that town. It's, it's awesome. There's so much to do. And it's disappointing, obviously, with everything going on. But uh, there's no way I'm going back there for this year so but yeah that's that that's uh it's actually i think it's not in paris hotel it's in uh planet hollywood or uh i forgot what the the, the mall is now but it's uh paris is further down but i forgot the mall it's in but uh yeah i love it i love i love uh love going there and, and uh yeah i see a different vegas but uh i've had some i've had some decent wins there you know um some i, I love betting some future stuff so you know you win some you lose some i usually i actually when i go there in the past i've bet uh it just they had it like a three weeks ago the American Century Celebrity Championship, 
mm-hmm. it's always fun because you get these guys like you see like Steph Curry's twenty to one, you know, to win. It's just it's a riot betting golf. These guys playing golf, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a great city, great city. I, I have relatives that used to live there, so we used to go see them a lot too. So it's, it's always fun to go there. I won four hundred dollars at the Vegas airport and went on my next plane to L.A. That's awesome. That's I was literally there. I was literally in Vegas for less than an hour, and I won five hundred bucks. Got on my plane and went to L.A. Beautiful. It was that's, fantastic. That's the way to do it. That's <laughs> the way to do it. Last thing, Randy, real quick, yeah. man. I was wondering if you could give us a quick station ID. Say you say your name and say you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show for us. Would you please? Yep. Uh, I'll so count you, you down from three. You ready? And what am I saying? I'm, my name and you're listening to the Fat Mike Show? Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Okay, Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Got it. You I'll sure you want you me down. to do this? I'm positive I want you to do this. Okay. Don't worry. We'll, right. we'll take as many takes as we need. All right. All right. <laughs> so three, two, one, go. Hey, folks, this is Randy Merkin. You're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Perfect. You can't get any better than that. First take, first try. <laughs> That's perfect, Randy. That's perfect. Randy, thank you so but, uh, much for coming on here with us, man. I really do appreciate you having having you come on. Amazing stuff. Thanks for all the stories. Thanks for all the insight. It means nothing but the world, everything but the world to me. I really do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. You got it, Mike, and uh, best of luck to you, buddy. I hope to have you on soon again, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Take care. Take care. All right, so great interview there with Randy Merkin. A lot of stuff there. I was really happy to bring him on with us tonight. It was a lot of cool stuff. Talking about the Steinbrenner stuff, talking how he got his feet wet in the field and all that other good stuff. Just absolutely great stuff. Just absolutely awesome. I mean, the guy sits there, he lives the dream life at ESPN 1000, interviewing big guests after big guests after big guests, like the guy had said. And just so much, so much cool stuff that he has there. You know, I mean, I've if, listen, guys, if I could do this for a living, I would. And I mean that 100%. If I could turn this into my full-time day job, I 100% would. I would love to do that, to interview guys like Randy, to interview guys like Carmen and Yurko and all those guys. I, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. And you guys in the chat room here that are listening, you guys that download the show, it means the world to me that you guys do that because it, it really does. It truly, truly does. So on after that, hopefully we can get Randy back again sometime soon. Have him on talk some more Cubs baseball. I know you guys are Sox fans, a lot of you guys in here with me. But guess what? I'm a Cub fan, so boo. All right? So we're going to hop into the rounds tonight. So here we go. All right. Round one. Joe Kelly is now suspended for eight games. If you guys didn't see it last night, Joe Kelly had some some hot stuff last night with uh, the Dodgers and Dodgers and uh, Houston Astros game going on. Not only did he throw over and around and about and at uh, Bregman, but he also struck out Correa on a nasty slider low and outside to end the inning and out back. He starts talking his shit. And Correa starts jawing off. And it's just it's just perfect timing. But the suspension of eight games is absolute bullshit. How are you going to suspend this guy eight games? For real? He did nothing wrong besides jaw his mouth off. 
He did, he didn't plunk anybody. He didn't go after any. He did plunk somebody. But you know you can't sit there, Rob Manfred, Mister Fucking King of Baseball, okay, and make this shit decision. They cheated, okay? They cheated. The Astros cheated. It's going to happen that they're going to get thrown at. I'm tired of this bullshit where you're protecting one specific team, okay? Get the fuck out of here. I'm done with that shit. Every single person on that Houston Astros team deserves one right in the fucking earpiece, okay? Now, if you're so, oh, I'm against, you know, hitting somebody, blah, 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 bullshit. That's the type of baseball I grew up with, okay? You got the mouth to sit there. Yeah, you hit a home run off me this inning, okay? Guess what? You're catching the next one high and high and tight, pal, all right? I don't care if you're spitting chiclets or not, okay? If you're going to yuck it up, you better be able to back it up and be able to live with the punishment that's coming ahead of you in your next at bat, okay? Boom. That's what it is, okay? The Astros are fucking cheaters, and if I was any pitcher in the MLB, I'd be tossing one either high and tight or definitely plunking somebody in the ribs. That's my take. Fuck the Astros. Round two. <laughs> Round two, the Marlins. What a fucking disaster this is. They're, they are almost potentially ruining the Major League Baseball season. What are they doing? Like I said on Monday, leave it to Florida to fuck shit up. We should have sawed off that state years ago and gave it a nice push towards Cuba. Because that's what that state is. It sucks. Okay? Going out there having... There's more people that got diagnosed with COVID out there today. More players on that team today that that have gotten diagnosed with COVID. Wear a fucking mask. You know, leave it to Florida, okay? I will say this. Florida... It's a shit state, okay? And I don't care about saying that. Florida sucks, okay? That's where people go to die, okay? That, that's, that's what happens. You retire and you die in Florida, all right? So if the Marlins want to die in Florida, continue wearing, not wearing, continue to not wear your mask because your team sucks as it is, all right? Turn this shit around, Derek Jeter. Get it going. But make sure your players are wearing a mask while you do it, okay? It's ridiculous. Round three. Round three, here we go. Patrick Mahomes is slowly starting to buy the state of Missouri, and he's starting in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is now a partial owner of the Kansas City Royals. The Super Bowl winning quarterback has bought a portion of the Kansas City Royals. That's crazy. He is living my lifelong dream to be a professional athlete of some sort and put my money into professional sports and being an owner of a professional sports team. I wish I could do that. This guy has a bunch of money. He just signed that big-time mega deal where it's team-friendly, where he's going to win multiple Super Bowls out there in Kansas City. Mark my words. He's definitely going to win multiple Super Bowls out there. There's no stopping this kid. Okay? There, there really isn't. There's no stopping Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, kudos to him. All I know is I wish I had that amount of money, and I wish I was Patrick Mahomes. Good for him. Good for him. Maybe he can bring the Royals back to an uprise and a contender in the AL Central. They're a long way. They're a long ways away, but who knows? So yeah, that's the end of my rounds, guys. And that's sports TKO with me. All right, we're getting close to everything here, 
Everything's getting a little crazy. It's nuts. It's fun. But we're having a good time, right? Everybody's still in the chat having some fun. We're at about an hour and 15 minutes. Randy Merkin, again, from ESPN Chicago 1000 was on with us tonight. Having a great time with him. Him telling us the stories about dealing with everything in, in Chicago sports media. Dealing with everything in sports media in general. It's been fantastic. So real quick, guys, we're going to hop in to Today in Sports History. Today, today, sports, sports, history, 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 history. All right, all right. Today in sports history, in 1915, Pirates Honus Wagner at 41 hits a Grand Slam home run. In 1928, Cleveland Indians scores 17 runs in the first two innings to beat the Yankees 24-6 at Dunfield. They also set the record with 24 singles in one game. In 1957, Floyd Patterson completely knocks out Tommy Jackson in 10 rounds for a heavyweight boxing title. In 1961, the Phillies lose the first of 23 straight games. Holy shit. The Phillies suck then just as they do today. How about that? In 1986, a New York jury rules that the NFL violated the antitrust laws and awards the United States Football League one single dollar in damages. In 1988, Rick Sutcliffe swipes home as he's the first pitcher since Pascal Perez in 1984 to steal home plate. In 1989, the Philadelphia Phillies retire Steve Carlton's number 32. Also in 1989, the White Sox trade Harold Baines to the Rangers for Scott Fletcher and Sammy Sosa. In 1991, Yankee Stadium fans throw cups and naked blow-up dolls at Jose Canseco. In 1995, the Carolina Panthers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in their first NFL exhibition game, 20-14. In 2007, British Senior Open men's golf in Murrayfield. Tom Watson wins his third Open senior title by one shot over Mark O'Mara and Stuart Ginn. In 2014, the Chicago Cubs player John Baker scores the winning run against the Colorado Rockies at Wrigley Field in what is the longest game in Chicago Cubs history. In 2018 on this date, Chipper Jones, Alan Trammell, Trevor Hoffman, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Jack Morris are all inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And that is today in sports history. A fantastic day today in sports history. There's a lot of good stuff out there today in sports history. I liked a lot of that stuff. That's why there's so much of it tonight. 
a lot of my favorite players in baseball, Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero. I don't know how many fantasy baseball teams I had that guy on. He is the best bad ball hitting batter I've ever seen in my life. And the guy had a cannon for an arm. I like the fact that Jose Canseco had a bunch of blow-up dolls thrown at him. That's why I had to put that in there. The Sammy Sosa trade in 1989. Rick Sutcliffe is a Cubs swiping home. A lot of good stuff today in today in sports history. We're getting pretty damn close to the wrap up of this wrap up of this show, guys, and you guys know what that means. It's getting close to my shout outs and stuff like that. And how much I appreciate you guys for tuning into the show tonight. You guys mean the world to me. You really, really do. I appreciate you guys coming in the chat and staying here with me. I appreciate you guys that downloaded and listened to off of Spotify. Please keep on doing that. We have a bunch of big news coming up here soon towards the end of August. Okay, end of August, we will have some really, really big news. Next Wednesday, uh, the uh, August... Oh, shit, what is this? Yeah, next Wednesday, uh, August 5th, we have Carmen DeFelco stopping in at the show. It's going to be a great time. He's going to come on in, hang out with us. We're going to talk some Cubs. We're going to talk some Sox. We're going to talk some Blackhawks hockey. Because don't forget, guys... That shit drops at noon. We're also going to be having the week after that. We also have Fred Hubner from ESPN Chicago 1000 coming in here on August the 12th at 745. It should be another great interview coming here with us. And we got a really special guest coming in on the 19th. I'm not going to give it away. Okay. There could be some room to have a few guys come on here, some big names. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit the bed, and I'm not gonna give it out before it's for sure set in stone. Okay, so I just want to let that let that settle. But thank you guys, all you guys, Ed, Ad White Sox, Rupnow, Demouse, De, De Grant Sims, Lucky Kurtz, Heidi. Uh, I'm no, I'm missing a bunch of people here. There are a bunch of people, Badgley, a bunch of people that hopped in, hopped out. Thank you guys so much for coming in here. I really do appreciate it. I do this show for you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much. It means the world to me that you guys keep on coming and listening. And just thank you. It's it's fucking awesome. I can't I can't say anything more. Okay? It really does. It means the world to me. Keep track of me on Twitter at Fat Mike Chicago. Keep track of uh, Randy Merkin at Randy Merkin. He you guys gotta listen to them stories, I'm telling you. They're fucking amazing. All right, but just keep doing what you guys are doing. I will talk with you guys soon. We got a great, great band tonight coming out here, and they are the Dead Hands, again, making a return on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I love these guys. Another local band out here out in the Joliet area. They're making it back on Fat Mike here with their song called Burnt. You can find them on Spotify, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. So get your ass out there and follow these guys because they are one of my favorite local bands going on right now, and they are awesome. Again, guys, this is the Dead Hands with Burnt. So you guys take care.